hi everyone. Thanks for joining us here today. I'm your host, Leah Mastin, for Top Industry Professionals Tip International Radio Podcast, where we showcase prestigious top professionals from all industries all over the globe to share their experience and stories of success. My amazing co-host is here with me, and we are so honored to have her as a host of the show. Originally from Namibia, she was crowned Miss Universe in 1992. Please welcome Michelle McLean. Hey, Leah, how are you today? Always good to see you. So good to see you. Doing great. We're so excited for our fabulous guest. I'm just so grateful to know this woman personally. What a heroic story indeed. She was originally raised in Uzbekistan in the Soviet Union, where she escaped human trafficking, poverty and violence, and risked it all to become a citizen in the United States. She's a world-renowned OBGYN, who runs two successful practices in New York City. This amazing woman also is a healthcare hero who has traveled to rural villages in Nepal, India, and Haiti to combat malnutrition, provide primary medical care, and to provide support for helping the communities there. She is an international award-winning doctor, philanthropist, and named IOOTP's most inspirational member and healthcare hero of the decade. Owner and founder, of Central Park Medical, Central Park Cosmetics, and founder of Central Park Angels Nonprofit. My goodness, this is incredible indeed to have you here with us today, Dr. Shanaz Rostamova. Welcome. It is so wonderful to have you here, our dear friend. Thank you. Thank you. What an introduction. I'm listening and I go, oh, is that me? Wow. Thank you. But uh, I love both of you guys. I love the work you do. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you on the show. Um, so you have, as Michelle was saying, such an incredible heroic story from escaping the Soviet Union to now becoming one of the world's most successful female doctors here in the United States. Tell us about growing up and what got you into the healthcare field. Well, that part was easy because my whole family was in the medical field. My father's whole lineage is coming from healers and doctors from many, many generations. So to me, when I was growing up, I grew up surrounded by doctors. So that it was very easy, easy choice. Yeah. But, you know, um, Shanoz, that you obviously you've been hit by the pandemic quite badly here, right? So the first frontline workers putting their life at the risk and running in the hotspots. Um, and, and certainly New York City was one of the hotspots, but you've also been to Haiti since then. What has it been like for you? And, and how, do you, how do you deal with, during COVID, with all the work that you're doing? Yeah. Well, when the COVID hit um, badly was April, but way before it was March when we started preparing, we got all the memoirs in the hospital that we have to get ready. We did not know at the time, we didn't have this, you know, understanding and magnitude, understanding how impactful that we on our country and in the world. So we knew that the virus is coming. At that time, we knew that Italy was in a very, very bad shape. And in March, uh, when they decided we're going to close it, um, my first Inclination was, yeah, let me just apply for uh, volunteer work in Italy. And a group of other American doctors, we decided to go to Italy in March. So we applied, we had a we started conversation with Italian consulate 
And we already went through the licensing. We showed our credentials and everything. And then a week later, we get the memo, you're not going anywhere. We need you here. That's when pandemic became really bad. This is when ambulances were bringing thousands and thousands of people nonstop. This is when hospitals was just, uh, you know, surviving and bringing tents to store human you know, dead bodies. It was, that was the time it was end of March, beginning of April. Um, so again, it was like, I was going to go to Italy and then things change and they called, they drafted volunteers and I just went there. And since I work already with um, Mount Sinai hospital, to me, it was just no brainer to go to Mount Sinai, which was hit the most, the worst. I would say in the entire country, it was one of those um, first hospitals that received um, patients and um, was impacted the worst, yeah. So it was a very interesting experience and uh, it was very eye-opening experience for everybody. It was very painful experience, but at the same time, it was very healing experience in many ways for all of us healthcare workers, not only doctors, nurses, uh, security guys, uh, police people. We had cops working among us, the whole city. It was just a beautiful, it was tragic, horrible, difficult, but at the same time, a beautiful event showing what humans actually are capable of doing under immense pressure, under real pressure when you deal with life and death and then when you have to decide you have to decide who's gonna live or not not like you decide but it's just you have to pick and you have to think quick so it was not easy for healthcare workers and i was watching i was not in the er i was covering lnd labor and delivery and obstetric services uh which we had sick patients as well but i Every time when I would go to the ER for the consult, uh, GYN consult, I would watch these doctors and nurses working there and uh, my heart would just go to them. It was really, really heroic work that they've done there. So it was beautiful in the end, I say. Well, we have to say a big thank you to you and all the healthcare workers out there that made such an impact for our society being on the front line because who else is going to do it? You know, you've got to be courageous. You've got to be brave, determined. And well, you know, just may, maybe just give us a little bit of background. Like um, what would your advice be to anybody going through that scenario? Because you're a very spiritual person, but you also have to be pragmatic, right? Yes. 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 Spiritual person. If you, there's a different definitions of spirituality. I try to keep things simple. I believe that there's an energy and there's a power and that power works in us, through us. And this power created us. And this power is living through us and experiencing life. And whatever we're going through, it is, it's an experience that this power, some people call it God, universe, whatever you're gonna call it, it exists. It exists and uh, this beautiful process that we're in called life, we're here to experience bad or good. 
and enjoy it. So spirituality helps when you're spiritual and when you believe in that, it does help a lot, not only in pandemic in general. Life is unpredictable. Life is up and down for everybody, everybody. However glamorous your, someone's life can look, if you really start digging into it, everybody has their own pain and problems. We all do. We all do. But we have this world called coping with the pain. But in reality, when you say coping, that means it's so painful and you just have to hold down this. And no, coping, I don't think it's a good word. I think experiencing and healing and growing. We are growing. And otherwise, how would you grow and change your life if you would be very comfortable? You wouldn't do it. You have to be uncomfortable. You know, there's a very interesting story. Uh, one of the spiritual teachers was telling a story about crab. I think it was a crab or lobster uh, that when it grows through the, its shell, it has to go and seclude itself and be without shell and be very vulnerable for many months and sit under the rock until it creates its own shell because, you know, it, it's very uncomfortable. It's, it's, very, it's very vulnerable. It's painful. You know, it becomes uh, prey for many predators so it has to sit there and without food, you know, without anything. And it, imagine the pain that creature goes through while it's waiting for its shell to grow. But then when it grows, it becomes lobster or a crab. It has its own shell. It helps him to navigate in life. And uh, the teacher goes saying, if that would be a human going through that type of experience, he would go to doctor, doctor would give them antidepressants and painkillers a therapy and this and this and this and that. And then in reality, we don't grow that shell and we always depend on something. So in that case, things like spirituality, you call it spirituality or it's just a training of your mind. You know, if you're not a spiritual person, if you're atheist, which is fine, it's your choice, but you always, you're human, you're experiencing. So might as well just learn your how to train your subconscious to be a certain way. Subconscious is your program. All of us have subconscious in our brain that we run on that subconscious. Our behavior depends on the subconscious. And it's a program that we programmed according to our life, life experience that we had ever since we were born. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, if you believe in past life, from the past life, you drag some energies and it's sitting in your subconscious. And that program determines what type of behavior you're going to have today tomorrow and what kind of connections you're going to make with people and in general in life so might as well just train that program reprogram your program train your subconscious to be the way you want it instead of being just the puppet of that subconscious of that mind to be a master of your mind instead of being a slave of your mind so that is important for everyone, whether it's pandemic or not. And I think with pandemic, it was a major test. The whole planet was tested on that particular aspect. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be afraid of something that maybe is not that scary? Are you going to cope with this or are you going to digest and 
do something about it. And that's why I see a lot of patients and why they come in and say, I know I kind of feel guilty, but during pandemic, I changed my diet. I started reading books. I started exercising. My life is so much better. This is exactly the purpose. That's how I see it. But a lot of us actually had to go through it, you know? So nothing to be guilty about it. It's actually a good thing that you did it. That's what I tell them. I encourage them. But there's also some people who actually, um, you know, lived in isolation and they bought into this, you know, fear thing and developed some major problems, you know, and it's important for humans to communicate. We have to see each other, not only, you know, through the phone, but just physically, Mm. presence hug each other you know it's important to have that physical presence for all of us mm-hmm. so i think the next pandemic for us would be uh, you know this mental health issues that uh, we are already facing yeah. and my job today as a healthcare professional first of all to to talk to my colleagues doctors who are also in a very vulnerable space. Um, you know, a lot of them actually had to go through some tough times mentally and some treatments too. You know, a lot of them have PTSD. It was a war zone. It was a real war zone. So I'm focusing on this. I'm teaching uh, in Mount Sinai. I work with residents and students and my work, uh, every time when I'm on call, every time when I'm with the residents, with the doctors, all I do is just talk about mindset, 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 mindset. It's some Shanaz, when is your book coming out? <laughs> you're so <laughs> inspiring and everything you're sharing is just, it's amazing and inspiring. And um, I can just tell you're so passionate about it. Um, and speaking of your other passions, um, you have to tell us about your nonprofit, Central Park Angels. Tell yeah. us about how you got started and what inspires you to keep going with your team. Yeah. So, um, it started a long time ago. The idea of helping in that area started a long time ago since I lived in Soviet era and Soviet Union when it collapsed, uh, observing what happened during that collapse and how I uh, was also approached by those recruiters for human trafficking, realizing what desperation, human desperation can lead to. This is when I started looking and thinking about it. And then when I became, you know, more or less successful and creating my own money, I decided to use my own money and uh, create this project. So the focus is on six human basic needs. As humans, we all need food, water, we need some kind of shelter, some kind of electricity so we could, you know, log in and read news and read books, communicate with each other. We need education we need a medical care. So, and, you know, based on that, I started looking for places. First, of course, I went to Nepal, I went to India, I did some work there, but I realized that it is, um, you know, all these six human basic needs need to be combined together and addressed together. Because you could talk to that little boy at school, they tried to teach them to read, but if he's hungry, he's not going to get it. So we started that work in Haiti, in a village called Bilance. We book, we developing, um, we developing businesses like a like a cooperative type of businesses 
um, in the village. We set it up a midwifery service. We built the school. So uh, we are trying, we built some water pumps there. So the work is going. And of course, with the pandemic and everything, it's kind of like stalled a little bit, but we are uh, gaining a momentum now. And uh, the main thing now, I started looking into other um, nonprofits, and that is the problem today's in the nonprofit world that a lot of nonprofits actually uh, working very, very isolated. Mm-hmm. And my next mission, I'm thinking to put everybody on the same page on board and help other nonprofits to uh, raise money and work on the like pick one project and work together in collaboration rather than just working in isolation, unite all of us on a one big platform. So that's my next project. So this is what we're working on and the beautiful people are coming my way. It's amazing how universe works. Beautiful souls are just flocking. And uh, I feel, I have a feeling it's going to be a beautiful outcome. I, I can feel it. Well, Shanaz, that is why I'm so inspired by you. And I just get goosebumps as you're talking because, you know, I've got a very similar background to you in terms of starting a nonprofit, really understanding how people should work together and not work in silos because there's more power that we have together, right? Um, And so I've been very grateful to be a part of your project, the Angel Project. But besides all of that, your illustrious career just has accolades beyond belief. You won numerous awards and honors and featured in magazines and newspapers worldwide. You've also appeared on the famous billboard in Times Square numerous times. You've graced the front cover of Tip Magazine, named Top Doctor of the Year, Doctor of the Decade, Empowered Woman, Top 50 Fearless Leaders, Women of the Year, Humanitarian of the Year, and this year you'll be honored at the AIOTP's annual awards gala dinner at the Plaza Hotel. You'll receive the International Healthcare Hero Award. And you're going to be inducted into the IOTP's Hall of Fame, just to name a few accolades. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All I could say is beyond congratulations to you. I mean, it's so deserving and so impressive, but you're so humble. Um, and it's just, um, it's, it's just just so wonderful how you do draw people in and how you're drawing all these wonderful women in to support you. What would you say is the most important memory that you have of everything that you've achieved up until now to bring you to this point? The most, uh, there are so many, but I, I would just probably mention the f- very first one which was back in Uzbekistan when I was basically sitting without food for 48 hours at least, or maybe even more, two days, three days, I haven't eaten. And uh, we were outside with a couple of my friends. Someone approached us and said, uh, oh, girls, here, look, recognize this girl and show the picture of the girl who we knew. And she was working in, somewhere one of those either dubai or one of those countries and he said we could employ you or we could take you there and look at her and she's sitting there and there's a food like all you see is food well that's what i saw and uh, something made me say no and i turned around and i left i remember walking towards my empty apartment and i'm walking 
And I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should turn around and go. And then another voice goes, no, no. And I'm going there. I'm going home. I'm walking into this apartment. All I have is my television set. I'm putting this on. Let's just like turn on the television set. And I'm watching the movie Scarlett O'Hara, Gone with the Wind. The moment where she was also hungry and she dug out either mm. was a piece of beet or some, some kind of vegetable. She pulled it out. She bit on it and she grabbed it and she said, I would never be hungry again. I remember that I'm crying and I'm with her. It was just, it was like one of those moments when I said I would never be hungry again. And this is the moment when it's just, I always remind myself mind over matter. I promised myself that I would never be hungry again. And from that moment, universe only brought me food, money, people, whatever I needed, I was provided. So every time when I go through any kind of hardships in my life and questions and what if, you know, all these things, we all have that. I remember that moment. Mm -hmm. Everything is always working out for you. Things are always working out for you. It doesn't matter. It always did. It always will be. Things are always working out for you. So it helped me. And when someone is in the same desperate or not an easy situation, when I say those words, things are always working out for you, I feel how relieved they feel. So that's my long answer to your question. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to dry my tears. <laughs> Sorry. Back to when your book is coming out. <laughs> uh, what a journey. Um, so uh, when you're not working, tell us about yourself. I know you're very adventurous. Um, tell us about your hobbies. What do you like to do for fun? Um. My favorite things to do are exploring, exploring life, exploring new experiences, new places, going to new countries, new places in general, kitchens or whatever it is. Yeah. I love kite surfing. I go usually go to places where it has kite surfing places because it gives you such a freedom, sense of freedom. I love painting. I paint. You know, these are my paintings. So I do all sorts of painting. When wow, I'm just show it closer to the camera. A little closer. Oh my, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. So I do that. I, uh, I love just going to places they're historical. I love history, I love philosophy. I love um, studying philosophies and religions because I believe that everything that we had today, humanity had all the knowledge we had, good or bad, it's for a reason, and we need to know it. So I love studying it. I read everything. I read controversial things. I can read Hitler to see what, what made this person to do what he did. You know, I can read him and at the same time I can read Bhagavad Gita or Bible or whatever. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I just would, you know, um, for anybody out there 
who wants to aspire and achieve what you have done, what would your advice be to them? I know that we spoke about your spiritual, you know, uh, sort of background and how important that is for being conscious, but what practically can people achieve in your field? Well, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is always check with yourself every second. Check with yourself how you feel. And then when you feel good, try to feel better. Always try, strive to feel better. Keep it very simple. Very, very simple. Life is simple. If you just feel good, things will start unfolding. And I remember you said some important, very important thing to me when I first met you. You said, surround yourself with the right people and the right energy. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and and that's, that stuck with me. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> energy is contagious. <laughs> it is, as you are. <laughs> I'm so sorry our time has come to an end I mean this is like we could talk forever and ever I've got to dry my tears um, yeah. and, and look forward to seeing you Shanaz uh, right uh, very soon in New York thank yeah, you you'll be at the gala right yeah thank Perfect. you <laughs> thank you so much I love you all they we love, love you. you thank you so much namaste yeah <laughs> bye <laughs> bye darling bye, bye.